find a church. Better find a suit. Better search through the night, find a light of a sinner's room. Better find a church. Get on your knees. Beg for a chance just to dance with someone who believes. And we're back. This is Dump on the Ump, ostensibly a baseball podcast, season five, episode 34, the A Block. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. Tonight is Thursday, September 12th, coming at you from Champaign, Illinois. My name is Joel. With me tonight, as per usual, is Sam. Sam, how's it going? Hey, Joel. I'm doing good. I'm coming at you as per usual from Southampton, New York. Uh, my hot take this week is actually two hot takes. I have two hot takes. First one's quick. The other one's more of a thinker, if you will. Um, the first one is, as you know, this is the first week of our fantasy baseball playoffs. I secured the number two seed in the entire league, which gives me a buy this week. However, so that's a pretty good season I've had. However, this week... Both Javi Baez and Christian Yelich, who are like the two two of the three best players on my team, both were announced like injured themselves and will not be playing for the rest of the season. So basically, my playoff hopes are fucked. Yeah. So that's hot take number one. Hot I don't know, Sam. That's some time for some bad news bears. Like your team has to come together. It's so you know. All the star players out, but the rest of us has to rally together to win the big championship game. Right. I just don't feel like I'm that kind of – I'm like more of a bring the talent together and let them do their thing. I'm not like a, you know, inspirational you gotta, manager. Yeah, you got to give one of them Rudy speeches to your team right now. Right. Who you got left? Who's, who's your catcher? I'm just going to like Snapchat individually each – like each major league baseball player on my fantasy team and just be like, listen, I know Yelich and Baez are down, but we really need you to like step up. Yeah, exactly. Right. Went fun for Yavi. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Went for Yavi. And then like uh, Jonathan Shoup will be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Um, so that's my first hot take. Second okay. hot take is more of a philosophical one. And I, uh, I have a job where I write the date down every day, like multiple times a day, which is like totally normal 364 days a year. And then it's like very strange on 9-11. Uh-huh. So because it's like. 9-11 is the only kind of, like, day, I don't know if you'd call it a holiday. I guess it's not a holiday, but it's, like, kind of the only day that's, like, named after its date, you know? Like, yeah. nobody calls Christmas 12-25, you know what I mean? But Maybe post office workers? Do you think post office workers call Christmas 12-25? <laughs> no, I'm trying to think of a job where you have to write 12-25 over and over again. Right. So it's weird. It just it feels on any other day. It's like a normal part. But on 9-11, it's very much like mantra. You know what I mean? Like writing down this day's name over and over. Actually, do you mind telling the listeners what you do? 
I'm a chef. Yeah. So you like writing down like recipes and things, or like I just like, like labeling stuff that I make with the date. Yeah. So what yeah. other jobs do you think have this experience? Maybe doctors. What other occupations constantly have to write down what date something happens? Cops. Yeah, maybe doctors, but I feel like it's everything's so automated that like anything you write nowadays is generally done on a computer. Uh huh. So you would think like doctors. Uh, let's see post office workers maybe or like po- mail room workers or right. um minute takers or whatever but i feel like a lot of those the date is just automatically put in there right that's very interesting as a middle school teacher my bizarre moment of uncanniness around 9-11 is we do have lessons based around it and we're teaching history because nobody who's in the seventh grade right now was alive during 9-11. Right. So now it is something that goes in social studies textbooks, which is very right. bizarre. Yeah. And you're like, do you remember where you were on 9-11? And they're like, I, I wasn't born, Mr. Wright. Right. And uh, other people who teach seventh grade are saying to me, yeah, I was, in, I was a second grader when this happened. Jesus. So I don't really remember it either. Exactly. It is Damn. history. Yeah. No, and that's something that we have to uh, uh, right. struggle with. But it's with. not a holiday. No, I would not call it a holiday. I would. Like, I don't know what I would call it. A Memorial Day or something. I I would put money that it will someday be a federal holiday, which I, I honestly have mixed feelings about. Because it's right at the beginning of the school year. Right. God damn it. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. No. The ways that we memorialize 9/11, I think, are troublesome. And you've lived in New York City for 12 years now. Yeah. We both went to college in New York. I I feel like we both have ties to New York City and the New York area. We also both went to college in New York like in 2002 right or 2003 yeah 2002 immediately after the 9-11 attacks so right. that and we were in yeah. lnt and that one girl in our class from lnt who lived in downtown like grew up in downtown manhattan wrote that whole thing about how she Excuse woke up and was covered with dust or something from yeah 9/11. yeah yeah that was i forgot about that um that definitely was a huge I, – I mean, I'd have tried to talk to 12-year-olds about this. I lived on the West Coast when the actual attacks <coughs> happened, right. and I, my parents woke me up. So the, the planes hit a little after 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is 6 Standard Time, Pacific Time, and so I hadn't woken up yet. My parents woke me up after the first tower got hit, and they were watching TV and said, Joel, you have to see this. And they took me downstairs and were watching TV, and I remember being like, was this an accident? And then watching on live TV the second airplane hit, and simultaneously having the thoughts of, I just saw a thousand people die instantly. Or several hundred people die instantly on live TV. And 
holy shit, it's not an accident, we're under attack. Right. And I think that the, the way that's traumatized an entire generation that basically woke up and watched ABC together is still affects us today. For sure. And then, you know, immediately went to college and went $50,000 in debt and then had no job <laughs> yeah. afterwards. Yeah. So it was like... <laughs> Kind of for a lot of us millennials, like 9-11 was the beginning of like a long descent. Yep, yep, that yeah, that's exactly continues. right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Y'all blame millennials, but we woke up in the morning and it was 9-11 and everything's gotten worse. Since right. And everything since then is we've been at war since then. Yeah. And then the and, economy collapsed. Uh, right. The economy and, collapsed. Yeah. None of us have jobs. We're all Mind in change. Donald yeah. Trump's the president. Fun times. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Donald Trump. Uh, Guantanamo's yes. still open. Guantanamo is still open. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Guantanamo is still open. <laughs> what right. are the other things? Oh, Flint still has no clean water. Yeah. Right. That was the other. Anyway, so good you know, Guantanamo's good been open, like, since 9-11. You know what I mean? Like, that yeah. shit's been... And Barack Obama ran in 2008 on the platform of closed Guantanamo. And, and 2012, too. Yeah. He yeah. ran on it both times. Twice. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, eh? oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> oh, shit. There's still some poor motherfucker who's been there for 20 years now. Right. Yeah. Anyway, this is a baseball podcast. Good hot yeah. takes, Sam. Thanks a lot, buddy. Thanks, yeah. That was the hot take. We're done with the A block now. Uh, I don't know if I even want to go into it now. Um, yeah. Anyway, this is less funny now that I'm thinking about September 11th. Um, anyway, but home run stats. I'm sick and tired of people talking about everyone breaking these home run stats. Somebody tweeted something obscure, like, um, I think Didi Gregorius is only the second New York Yankee of all time to have 30 home runs and 20 stolen bases in a season. And that's the one that sent me over the top. Like, shut up. Nobody can say anything about obscure home run records being broken. In 2019, without right. asking an asterisk. Because they're all being broken. Right? I've hit more home runs than any shortstop in Detroit Tigers history from like 1920 to 1990 or something like that. I, uh, you know, the thing that I really like about that, and I agree with you 100%, but I read a number of headlines because it was what this guy. Jonathan Villar, right, for the Orioles, who hit the record-breaking homer. Uh-huh. Something like that. And I just read a bunch of headlines that were – they read – it was like Jonathan Villar hit 6,015th home run of 2019. <laughs> and it just – it all made it look like this guy was hitting 6,000 home runs in one season, you know? <laughs> for the Baltimore Orioles. For the Baltimore – yeah, he's hitting like <laughs> – Five or six home runs a game for the Baltimore Baltimore no like fifty or sixty home runs a game yeah. for the Baltimore yeah. Orioles yeah, yeah. Uh, forty five and one hundred Baltimore Orioles yeah yeah who I'm sure they are breaking their own home run records right 
Because everybody is. Right. Yeah. Yeah, the they're ball- just hitting home runs into the empty stands and nobody's yeah. picking them up. <laughs> they have to they like they don't even have a, a janitorial crew. They have to go up there themselves. <laughs> right, exactly. Chris Davis has to like walk through the bleachers after every game to like pick up all the balls so they can use them tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> And like two thirds of them are hit by the New York Yankees, even though they were hit October July. Exactly. Um, awesome. Well, yeah, descending quickly into C block territory. I love this. Thank you, ladies. I'm gonna give uh, a quick shout out and and uh, pimp ourselves out real quick before we get into the meat of the episode. So, ladies and gentlemen, last week we talked about Mo Bug. And The Catcher Who Was a Spy, Part 2. Check out that episode, please. We also talked about Mike the Weatherman Trout overtaking Derek Jeter in career war. Because you got to admit, Derek Jeter wasn't even that good at baseball. Right. Mediocre. Uh, Mediocre. He was, like, solidly mediocre, though. He is solidly mediocre. Well, no, he's horrible as a, like, team owner. Yeah. (laughs) As a player, though, he was right. nice and mediocre. Yeah. Uh, check us out also on all your social media platforms. Listen to us on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud. If you listen to us on Apple, iTunes, please uh, subscribe, give us a rating and a review. Special thanks to everyone who listened to us last week. Portland, Oregon, Chicago, Illinois, Whitehead, Illinois, Rockville, Maryland, Lima, Peru. Oh, excuse me, Lima, Peru. Shout out to y'all. Um, and I really appreciate I have not been good about updating our Facebook page or our blog, yet you guys are actually still listening to this very silly podcast, and I appreciate that. So, Sam, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this week's episode. Okay, that sounds good. This I'm first question is for you, isn't it? You ready? Yep. Alright, here we go. Dave Dombrowski, GM of the Boston Red Sox. GM or President of Baseball Operations? President of Baseball Operations. President of Baseball Operations. Former President of Baseball Operations. Former President of Baseball Operations gets fired. Despite putting together what was not only a World Series winning team, but might be the most dominant Red Sox squad ever, including best regular season of all time, I believe. I think so, yeah. Dombrowski got shit-canned this week. In the meantime, his job will be handled by a four-person committee, which includes Raquel Ferreira, making her the highest-ranking female ever in Major League Baseball. So there's something to that. Something I had to give this year after the Sox played well below their potential. Dombrowski seemed content to sit back and let the ship sink when he made no moves at the deadline to shore up a poor starting starting rotation and bullpen. Red Sox fans demanded demanded blood, and they got it. Sam, right move, wrong move. What you got? Uh, Well, something. I mean, I said this middle of the season that they should start firing people. I'm not sure I would have gone right to the head first. But I would say it's the right move after that. This has been an embarrassing season, and the Red Sox are like 
either one or two in payroll. So for them to finish third in the AL East and not in the playoffs is like pretty embarrassing. Um, and heads have to roll. That's the way it works in baseball. Um, I would say don't stop there. I'd say fire Alex Cora. You know what I mean? Really? 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 Yeah. Send the message. surprises me. The first part of what you were saying did not surprise me. That surprises me. Go on. Well, I think that... I'm not saying you know, you're wrong. I'm just saying I'm surprised. I think that the Red Sox have basically the same team this year as they had last year. Um, not Maybe not quite as good, but not as bad as they've been playing. And I feel like a lot of that comes on to the coaching staff. Uh-huh. And Alex Cora has to be, like, somebody has to be held responsible. And, like, they haven't made any, like, you know... They didn't fire the pitching coach. They didn't fire anybody. They fired Dave Dombrowski. And I mean, maybe the new, whoever is the new person is going to come in and clean house. But um, I think that more moves have to be made. Uh-huh. That like, okay. precedent has to be set that this is not okay. So from an outside perspective, I went through a series of weird emotional swings when I heard about this news. Nice. The first- <laughs> my first one was what the fuck are you guys doing uh-huh. I believe and I thought that this was a sign of internal chaos and conflict within the Boston Red Sox system my first thought was this is not good they are panicking and they're throwing Dombrowski under the bus especially since it came uh, during a loss to the Yankees that eliminated Boston from division title competition but then I read what everybody else in the sports sphere, sports sphere was writing, and I think there was some logic behind this move beyond the Boston Red Sox just kind of sucking this year. And that is that Dombrowski came in, and what Dombrowski did, which he was good at, was leverage Boston's farm system and deep pockets to build the best team that he possibly could, which he was successful at. Which he did. Which he did. But now they need a president of baseball operations with a different skill set because now they kind of need to reload. Not rebuild, but reload because the Red Sox farm system is depleted and they are maxed out in salary. So what the fuck are they going to do next? Right. And He's that peacetime general manager. Yeah, good way to put it. I like that a lot. He's not at all. And that's what they need right now. Right. And my hypothesis, and I don't know if this is true or not, is that they had planned this from near the beginning of the season. That this was, they were considering this before Boston was out of contention. Uh, interesting. <laughs> that, yeah, that's my hypothesis. Because I'll buy that. Yeah. But losing a lot of games didn't help either. Right. And the main difference, and we've talked about it a lot on this podcast, Sam, is that the offense has actually, as a whole, been better. Again, Asterix, everyone's hitting more home runs. Right. Uh, uh, You know, Betts and Martinez are not playing at the MVP calibers that they were, but Devos is, uh, and other guys have stepped Bogarts up. Bogarts is. Bogarts is. Right, and, you know, 
Betts and Martinez are still playing at what you consider elite levels, probably. Yeah. yeah. The the blame is on pitching. Correct. Yeah. And Dombrowski did nothing to fix that. Right. Well, and also, like, there's not much he could do because he has nobody to trade. Mm-hmm. At the trade deadline, and nobody to trade, and, you know, he didn't shell out for you know, a Dallas Keuchel sort of character. Because you already gave everything up to get Chris Sale, and you already gave everything up to get Yavaldi, and you already gave everything up to get David Price. Right. No, he didn't sign Price. Oh, he didn't sign Price. No. Price has been here before him, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. So... Maybe it's a little hindsight's 2020, but I, my my hot take is that we should not be surprised by this. Correct. Yeah. All right. Moving well, on. Moving on. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Are you sitting down? Because this may blow your fucking mind. I'm sitting down, but I'm wearing a shirt, so I'm kind <laughs> of in you. That may change after you hear this next headline I'm going to lay on you. Yeah. Team USA is out of the Basketball World Cup. Uh, after losing... What? My day? After losing consecutive games against France and then Serbia, they were eliminated. The best they can finish now is seventh, which marks the worst showing by any Team USA in the international basketball tournament uh, since they started allowing pro basketball players to play question do you think they would have fared better if greg popovich wasn't such a pinko lefty no no, of course they would they would have done way better if greg popovich wasn't such a pinko lefty right you know i love pop i'm a big greg popovich fan right he had it in for all those socialist countries to defeat us absolutely Yes. Exactly. You are exactly. Oh, what's your universal health care pr- plan like, France? <laughs> you, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know that's true. Um, yeah, everybody saw this coming, right? Like, this shouldn't surprise anyone. And I, again, I don't, fuck, I don't know how to say this. I don't blame anybody. And maybe that's my problem. I don't blame the guys who didn't play for U.S. basketball because it's stupid to risk injury over the summer that's going to risk your multi-million dollar contract. Right. I don't blame the guys who did agree to play for U.S. basketball because you want to represent your country and maybe this will uh, get you a higher uh, publicity in the world's eyes if you do well. And I don't blame France or Serbia for kicking our asses. Because they should. Right. And I don't actually blame blame Greg Popovich other than the fact that he's a socialist because he's doing the best with what's given to him. Right. But here's my dark prediction is that now, you know, the people who don't actually care about basketball or follow basketball are going to be like, this is unacceptable. And they're going to raise a ruckus. And then in what? 2020? When, yeah, 2020 Olympics, they're going to force 
Kev, uh, LeBron, old LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and Steph Curry, and Kyrie Irving, and Anthony Davis, and... Are you talking about me right now? Because that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, you, yeah. And, yeah. Car- and, and Carmelo Anthony, because yeah. he's good at international play, and Kawhi Leonard, and Dwayne Wade, even though he has robot knees now, because he has robot knees now. Right. You're going to force all those guys to 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 play. Yeah. Because we can't lose. Because it's you're unacceptable. You're damn right that, I am. Yeah. <laughs> That's an embarrassment to America. Right. It is, I guess. Uh, I would think that LeBron James probably was planning on playing in the Olympics because it's probably going to be his last one, right? Yeah, that's a good point. I bet you it. I think he probably was kind of planning planning on doing that anyway. And skipping this one because of that. But the other thing is nobody yeah. cares about the basketball World Cup. It's not right. the soccer I mean, World Cup. I don't care about it. But it still counts as international losses. We assume that the United States is going to win. Yeah. But I, we don't care. Actually, I'm not that guy you were just describing, because I don't give a shit. Because you don't give a shit. But right. there are guys out there who are going to do that. Right. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. They're going to demand Michael Jordan come out of retirement. Yeah. To They're probably going to get real racist about it, too. It's, yeah. It's all That's the other thing that always shades U.S. basketball, is you have to represent the United States of America, and only Larry Bird is the only white guy on right. this. <laughs> right, because all the other white NBA players are playing for fucking Serbia. For Serbia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's the, that's the truth. <laughs> uh, we also lost to Australia for what that's worth. Right. Ugh. Yeah. Well, that was like in warm-ups, right, or something? Yeah, yeah. Even still, uh, embarrassing. Uh, yeah, but I think we agree, like, 2020 Olympic U.S. basketball is going to be stacked. Right, well, I think that, I mean, I think that probably LeBron James probably can wrangle up a pretty good team on his own. If he was planning that, on playing in 2020. That's true, and that's a really interesting point, is how much like, of it is. He's like the majority whip for the NBA, kind of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yep, he gets those votes. All he does. It's so like and once like, he sets his mind to it, they fall in line, you know? Yeah. <laughs> All right, next question, and here we go. Ready? This is yeah. Take us to some dark places, I think. Yeah. yeah. We're not having fun anymore on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Antonio Brown, former wide receiver of the Pittsburgh Steelers, former wide receiver of the Oakland Raiders, although he never took a snap with them, is completely crazy and probably, I'm going to say, allegedly a rapist. After weeks of... Well, that's why I said probably. Yeah, I'm adding allegedly here, because this is so fucked up. After weeks of weird football, helmet, phantom, foot injury, frostbite issues, what? Right. With general manager posting crazy shit on social media... Antonio Brown was fined $250,000, lost all guaranteed money on his contract with the Raiders. He then demanded to be released from the team, and Oakland obliged. 
Antonio Brown then immediately, immediately signed a contract with the New England Patriots, prompting all the jokes, including mine, and was sued, then was sued, for allegedly raping and sexually assaulting his former personal trainer. So, Sam, here's my question. Is Brown invited on Robert Kraft's next trip to Jupiter, Florida? Yeah, I feel like, actually, I think Antonio Brown lives in Jupiter, Florida. I'm Googling <laughs> that right now. Because they keep, they keep in, I was reading about it, um, in one of the uh, se- alleged, sorry, sexual assaults in uh, happened at Brown's, quote, Miami area home. So Oh, shit. Really? Right. So what I think is that Miami area just means Jupiter. Jupiter, Florida. Yeah. yeah. So what I'm what I'm thinking is that Robert Kraft probably signed Antonio Brown so he didn't have to like stay at a hotel when he went down to Jupiter next time. Holy shit, you're right. Fort Lauderdale, <laughs> Miami. What the fuck? It gets real, man. Liberty City, Miami. We gotta get True Detective on this shit, man. Yeah. Yeah. But what do you think? I mean, what are the Patriots gonna do? Well. I, you know, it's unclear, um, and I don't quite understand the situation. I guess I should probably read more about it, because, like, to me, you know, if he's a rapist, he should go to jail. But, like, that's not on the table, as I understand it right now. Right. Um, so I don't know. I'm not quite sure. I guess I got to figure it out. Um because I, I don't even think that I can speak to it. But probably they should, you know, I think the NFL is going to do something and the team should probably also, I think they should at least sideline him, if not you outright do. That, probably. That's the question. Yeah, so I think they getting, should sideline him until it gets cleared up. So he's getting um, sued in civil court by uh, his a woman who is his former personal trainer who's right. accusing him of rape and sexual assault. Right. That civil court, not criminal court. So there are not criminal charges being brought against Antonio Brown. Right. So there, and there's so many layers to this cake, it's disgusting. Right. Uh, because one thing is, it's not a criminal case. So if you start sidelining people for civil cases only, that opens up a whole nother can of worms that anybody who just doesn't like a player can sue them in civil court and get them sidelined. On the other hand, victims of sexual assault and rape have an incredibly difficult time getting justice in the criminal court system. So the civil court system is usually the better way to pursue this because the standards for conviction are way, way lower so that you can get a settlement in civil court when maybe you could not get a conviction in criminal court. Um, so, yeah, I think there's lose-lose for everyone. Right. I, thought, I thought this Antonio Brown saga was hilarious until this happened. It was funny. I love the idea of just being a bastard at the job you don't like until they fire you. And you get hired by the way better competitor immediately. 
Right. I, well, I think he, he orchestrated that, too, because he had, like, hired social media consultants to, like, expedite his release from the Raiders. I love that. I love yeah. that story so much. I don't even believe it, but I love it. Right. Yeah. And I just imagine that that conversation when he like went to social media consultants and he's like, tell me the exact opposite of what you tell everybody else. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's like, I want everyone to fucking hate me. I want to nope. become unemployable <laughs> as fast as possible. And they get picked up by the Patriots. Right. Yeah. And they're like, just record a conversation with your boss and then post it on Facebook. Yeah. I got a friend at work, Ashley, and she has a Pittsburgh Steelers Antonio Brown jersey. And she can't wear it anymore. And I was like, I'll take it. And so I got, she just gave me her Steelers Antonio Brown jersey. And I've been hanging on to it. I was so excited about wearing it to work. And then this shit happened. And I was like, oh, now I can't do that. Right. Well, you know, I am a. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna burn it, but I'm probably gonna quietly put it at the bottom of my dresser drawers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or just like line your kitty litter box with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a good idea. <laughs> I uh, I'm a Patriots fan, and I was like very excited when I heard that he had come to the Patriots. Um. And put him alongside Josh Gordon, you have, like, the two, like, possible, like, the most talented slash emotionally dysfunctional wide receiver duo (laughs) in the entirety of NFL history, possibly, you know? Right. Um, And that would have been amazing until one or both of them got suspended for doing some crazy shit, like... Right. Smoke and spice, or <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> arrakis, like spice from arrakis. No, spice is like, uh, isn't that like fake, like synthetic weed? I like my reference better. Yeah, okay, there you go. That's fine. <laughs> anyway, we got to move on, even though we could like talk forever about Antonio Brown. Um, we do, we do. We're at, I'm just going to tell you, we're at 34 minutes right now, so I'm, okay. I'm thinking that... Well, let's this do is this a, number four real quick, because it's a short one anyway, Yeah. and then we'll yeah. wrap it up. Okay? Yeah. You yeah. ready? I'm ready. The Chicago Cubs are being bumped off their primetime TV broadcasting spot uh, next week, so the station can air the all-important Democratic presidential debates, because democracy is important. Democracy is important. <clears throat> I'm just fucking with you. They're oh, bumping them fuck. off so that they're bumping them off so that they can air the season finale of Bachelor in Paradise. Um, hey, that's democracy. Right. Because because this is America, Joel. Yeah. <laughs> we like watch The Bachelor and we're bad at basketball. Like that's who we are. Um. Anyway, question: How despicable do you think it is that a reality dating show holds more sway than a than a team in a pennant race in September. And then follow-up question, who do you think is going to win the Bachelor in Paradise? First of all, the Cubs are essentially the Bachelor in Paradise, and Yavi Baez just got the Black Rose. Oh, damn. Hey! 
<laughs> good one, right? Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't follow The Bachelor at all, but I think this is goddamn hilarious. And this is reflective of the bizarro media markets in Chicago, which I actually like. Because you got WGN, you got CBS Sports Chicago, and then you got whatever national broadcast you have. So I never know what channel the White Sox are going to be on. Not that anybody likes watching the White Sox. I like watching the White Sox. And they're on the same channels, right? So, like, one day the Cubs will be on WGN. And the White Sox will be on NBC Chicago. And then it'll flip. And the White Sox will be on WGN. And the Cubs will be on uh, NBC Chicago. I don't know who's going to win the Bachelor in Paradise. But I also know that the Cubs are in danger of falling out of the playoffs for the NL Central, or for the National League race. Really? It is close. They have a one-game lead right now on the Milwaukee Brewers and a two-game lead on the Arizona Diamondbacks. They're four games out of the division lead from the St. Louis Cardinals and four games behind the Natty Lights. Let me double-check that. The Cubs are in trouble is what I'm saying. Now, if you told me to bet $50, I would probably bet it on them still making the playoffs, but it's going to be close. And they are thanking the lucky stars that Yelich got hurt. They are literally literally tied with Milwaukee right now, 78 and 68 for the second wild card. So those two two teams could, in theory play another game 163 against each other. Jesus. And I guess they're three and a half ahead of Arizona. Arizona was hot and then cooled off. And they've got a one-game lead against the amazing Mets. Oh. Who, for some fucking reason, are still in this. (laughs) Good for them. Yeah. And they're four games behind St. Louis. Well, maybe we'll just start pulling for the Mets on this podcast. I I am 100% in favor of pulling for the Mets on this podcast. <coughs> okay. But Sam, the Mets are going to met. Yeah, because they got to. They got to. The question can't. is, who's going to met more, the Mets or the Cubs? Uh, the Mets the are going to met. Matt's going to met harder than anyone else. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. No one can met harder than the Mets. That's, right. yeah. That's a dub on the yump guarantee. Yeah. Yeah. So they're going to, like, blow a 16-run lead and then go on a 10-game <laughs> winning streak. And then <laughs> and then they're going to, like, break a record for consecutive strikeouts yeah. of their, like, swinging at balls out of the strike zone or some shit like that, you know? Yes, I know exactly what you mean. I think every Met fan listening to this podcast knows exactly what you mean. Without a doubt. The other team who's actually still in it is the Phillies, too. I know wild card's exciting. You got the Met, but right now it's the Nats. The Nats have a pretty good lead. 
uh, three games. The Nats have three games on the Cubs. The Nats are the first wild card. The Cubs are the second wild card. The Cubs are literally tied with the Brewers. And then they are two games ahead of the Mets, two and a half games ahead of the Phillies, and three and a half games ahead of the Arizona Diamondbacks. It's anyone's ball game, folks. Anyone's ball game. Anyway, I we've only got today, September twelfth. We got three weeks left of regular season baseball, and for me, even though we are American League fans, I am way more invested right now in the National League. One team yeah. that I it's still more interesting. Yeah, and one team that I still don't have a, uh, I haven't figured quite out, I guess, is the Braves. Uh, They have run away with the NL East. They're nine and a half games up on the Washington Nationals. Um, Wait, the Nationals are ahead of the Mets? Yep. By quite a bit. Five games. Hmm. Yeah, the Nationals are the number one wild card. They're going to be the number one wild card. Oh, I'm sorry. I misunderstood that. Yeah, the Nationals are the number one wild card. The fight is for the number two wild card between the Mets, the Phillies, the Cubs, the Brewers, and the Diamondbacks. One of those teams will be America's Bachelor, is all right. I want. <laughs> right. But, yeah. I just like the idea of the Cubs being the Bachelor in Paradise, and then like all of the suitor ladies show up, and it's fucking Chicago, and they're like, "Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what's gonna happen. They're all gonna ask where Javi Baez is. Right. Yeah. Anyway, who's gonna win the NL Wild Card? The Are second those- one. Yeah, Mets, Phillies, Cubs, Brewers, Diamondbacks. Pick one. Oh. I'm rooting for the Brewers, but I don't think they can do it without Yelich. So I'm going to go with the Cubs. Yeah. No, no, I'm going with the Mets. Yeah, go with the Mets. That's what I was going to say. Let's go Mets. The Mets are going to met themselves all the way into the second wild card. Yeah, the stupidest way (laughs) possible. Right. And it's going to be funny because, like, we've talked so much shit about how bad the NL East is, and they're going to have three teams in the playoffs. (laughs) Exactly. That's a good point. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's shut this shit down. This has been fun. Uh, actually, it hasn't been fun. It's been sad. Yeah. Yeah. It's been an emotional roller coaster. That's what yeah. it's been. That's what it's been. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. This has been Dump on the Ump, which is ostensibly a baseball podcast. Uh, thank you so much for listening. If you... Do listen to us. Make sure that you check us out on any of your social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our WordPress blog. Um, Check us out on any of your streaming media, such as Spotify, Apple iTunes, or SoundCloud. If you listen to us on Apple iTunes, please subscribe to us, give us a rating and a review. Thank you so much for listening. For Sam, my name is Joel. This has been Dump on the Yump. Have a good evening and a pleasant, wait for it, and a pleasant tomorrow.
No, Tamari. That's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> 